Hello, and thank you for joining us for How Have You Not Seen, a movie podcast where we fill in the gaps in each other's cinematic knowledge by asking important questions like, come on, you never watched The Ice Storm? Or how have you not seen John Carpenter's The War? Hello again, and thank you for joining us for How Have You Not Seen? I'm your co-host, Caroline Thompson. I am Carson Betts. And this is a movie podcast where each week we pick one of our favorite movies the other hasn't seen. Do we talk about We're not doing that this week. No, no, no. Corey, I'm sorry if I just uh, peaked my mic a little bit. But, that is A-OK. <laughs> normally, this is a movie where we pick one of our favorite movies the other hasn't seen. We talk about it, then we go and watch the movie, we talk about this more, and it's a real good time. But yeah. this week we're doing something else. Corey, what are we doing this week we are going to be talking about a movie that is brought to us by one of our wonderful dedicated longtime patrons uh friend of the show from college caitlin yes yes and so caitlin um sent us a little list of films because that is uh, for those of you listening that is our highest here on patreon is if you support us uh at over 25 dollars a month we will let you pick a movie yeah you get to tell us what to do yeah you get to tell us and we will do what you want. Um, to a point. To a point. <laughs> to a point. <laughs> but um, you might remember earlier in the year we did, uh, last season, we did The Taking of Deborah Logan, which was mm-hmm. a suggestion from Caitlin. So if you would like to uh, support us on Patreon at our highest level, which is only $25 a month, which is very, very generous, mm. but uh, a small price to pay to get to tell us what to do. Um, and and I think more importantly, Caitlin really took advantage, uh, forced Carson to watch uh, horror movies. Yeah, twice. Yeah, twice, twice. two times. But yeah, uh, so uh, check it out. We are talking John Carpenter's The Ward. Yes. So I guess uh, to get started, uh, both of you, how have you not seen? Uh, so this movie is called The Ward, and then on Wikipedia, parentheses, titled John Carpenter's The Ward. Yeah, I'm uh, glad that we're calling it John Carpenter's John Carpenter's The, the Ward. Ward. Yeah, it's yeah. John Carpenter's Halloween. That's how I refer to that one. John Carpenter's world and we're just living in it. So how have you not yeah. seen uh, John Carpenter's The Ward? I'll say I am hugely unfamiliar with, this is a later career movie, right? This is 2010. Yeah, so the- This is 2010? Uh, unless I looked up the wrong one. Yeah, no, John Carpenter's The Ward. Yeah. I suppose Whoa. like the, by late career, I mean post- 1990 career or like post 1995 career of John Carpenter. I am hugely unfamiliar with. This, so. is the, this is the last movie he made as a director. Well, I mean, yeah, no, it's been look to 2010 Gears of War three came out that year. Right. So he got, he got pretty busy. <laughs> <laughs> He's had other stuff going on. Jesus. Is that the year um, Gears of War three came out? Did they, did they put out four, three games in four years? That. I would not, that I don't think is a bad guess. Or Halo Reach. That legitimately might have been the year Halo Reach came out, you know? I think Halo Reach is 2011, but yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, 2011, next year, Carpenter, he got on Halo Reach. They had the map builder. He got Halo Reach is 2010. The other one's uh, 2011. Oh, nice. Okay. Oh, there you go. Perfect. Um, I yeah, did not so, realize this was, this was so recent. Wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I also did not until I just looked it up. Um, so, Caroline, how have you not seen the ward so i mean carpenter has such a such a good good and long filmography yeah noted 
on this podcast, I'm a huge mm-hmm. Halloween fan. Mm-hmm. Um, love the thing. Um, I've seen a good amount of his movies. Um, but this is just one that I missed. And honestly, this film probably came out in 2010 and I was probably not smart enough to... <laughs> probably too busy playing Halo Reach at the time. I was probably too busy playing <laughs> Halo Reach. I didn't yeah. love Halo Reach. I, I gotta tell you, That's I was That's an huge... insane opinion. Halo Reach is the best one. See, Carson, we are very close in age, but I think I think just the two-year difference is, is, is uh, very cataclysmic yeah. because I was such a huge fan of Halo 3. Mm-hmm. I played the shit out of Halo 3 and then I yeah, got to yeah, Halo yeah. Reach and I was kind of like I was kind of like this feels like less good Halo 3. Yeah, yeah. Uh but John Carpenter on the other hand, noted Halo stand, noted Xbox noted 360 gamer. Yeah. John Carpenter. Do you think um, he has a PS5 or do you think he's an Xbox Series X person? Ooh. Or is he still on the 360? I no, I his- think I think John Carpenter has enough money that he just has them all probably. Right. Probably. Because like literally I was I was so funny. And like everybody knows that like John Carpenter loves weed and video games. Like <laughs> he loves weed. He loves video games. I'm and, um, uh, and he likes money and getting paid money. Yeah. But literally I was listening to um, an interview with him on the podcast, The Big Picture. Yeah. Like literally yesterday, um, I was literally listening to the Carpenter episode they put out earlier this year, in which they interviewed John Carpenter. And he was talking about the Thing remake and the mm-hmm. Halloween remakes. And he was like, here's the deal. He's like, he's like, I like supporting like younger filmmakers like those are their movies like yeah i sign off on them and like he's like i don't really care if they're good or bad because they're not my movies it's not a reflection on me it's like about like these younger filmmakers like those are their movies and also i like them too because i get money yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's literally like you think i let them do it and like and he just straight up says to sean benazi when he's interviewing him he's just like he straight up just says like i get money I get paid millions of dollars. They make a thing and I get paid for it. I think John Carpenter can afford to have uh, all of the the current consoles. We were watching Halloween 2 at my house a couple of weeks ago and we got into a long riff about but it's he's definitely played all the dark souls games right like a hundred percent oh yeah yeah for sure definitely um i don't know that's how i've not seen the ward i was too busy playing halo (laughs) reach probably uh i just really love that that turned into a full a full-on riff on john carpenter's Mm. monkey weed playing video games Um, oh yeah so I don't know it. that this is going to be super fruitful, but um, what do you know about John Carpenter's The Ward? Imagine and it's directed by John Carpenter. I, for how, some reason, my brain. It wasn't. No, that literally, when you said crazy. it was 2010, I, I looked it up because I was like, oh, shit, is this called? Like, did he just like produce this? Yeah. I was just like, I was like, is this one of those like, is this one of those like it was his idea? Like. Is it like a like a Tim, Stephen King Burton? Yeah, yeah, Tim, like, yeah. Burton's Tim Burton Nightmare Before Christmas. Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was like, oh shit! I was like, this is a 2010 film, but no, it's just a, it's the last film he directed. I was thinking about this yesterday. Quick sidebar: I was thinking about this yesterday when I was listening to this podcast. I'm like, someone should offer him enough money to make another movie. Yeah, we need yeah. another Carpenter. Give Carpenter fucking fifty million dollars and just be like, make something, and it doesn't I matter think, what it is. I think Jason Blum. Should yes. Walk up to John Carpenter. Yep. With yep. a dump truck full of money. Yep. And he should back it up to Carpenter's house and he could say, John, you're making me two movies with this. Mm-hmm. He's like, you can you can either have one $70 million movie and one $1 million movie, 
or you can have two $35 million movies, or you can do a 50 million and a 25 million. But like, you're making me two movies with this because I want another small John Carpenter because I am selfish. I am a mm-hmm. selfish, selfish bitch. Yeah. And I want another small budget John Carpenter, but I also want him to have nice things. Yeah. 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 So I want him to finally get his giant Hollywood budget. Yeah. So maybe a hundred million. Jason, Jason, Ooh, I know you're listening. Wait, let's talk. Think of Jason, all the I different colored listening. Nintendo Switch controllers I could buy with $20 million. We actually did go to high school with someone who works for Bloomhouse. I was just thinking that. Yeah. Gosh, you got a, a good friend of ours who I I, I won't name. I, I don't need to name drop on this podcast, but a, mm-hmm. a good friend of Corey's and mine from school um, uh, works for works for Blumhouse now. So, Blumhouse. you know. We could, we can, we can, uh, we can center this episode and be like, make Jason listen. <laughs> I, you know, you know, Jason Blum, the man who revolutionized uh, independent and horror small cinema. budget horror <laughs> in like 2011. Got yeah. an idea he might want to listen to, which is, <laughs> give you should John get John Carpenter. Carpenter. <laughs> <laughs> I bet he hasn't, I bet he hasn't thought of that He's one never yet. never thought of that oh. one. Oh, fuck. Um, uh, I definitely in my brain, I will say I was mixing this movie up with Michael Mann's The Keep in my brain. Okay. Oh, and I had to Google it and be like, wait, which? Yeah, no, that's so it's my guess is that it's not a movie about a medieval castle. castle. Yeah, it's I don't I mean, I have no idea what the fuck this thing's about. I imagine it's about a psychiatric ward. That would make sense. Yeah, I would guess. See that. Potentially, maybe, maybe, maybe it's a spooky old abandoned psychiatric ward in which there are ghosts. Or maybe it is um, a film about the horrors of modern mental health uh, treatments and how insurance co-pays the care they need. Yeah, I I truly have no idea. Maybe. I wonder if there's going to be a sewer underneath the mental ward that (gasps) Michael Myers lives in. Maybe. That's where evil died. Um, Yeah, that's all I know. Yeah. Um, If that is all we know, shall we uh, move to our little game for the week? Hell yeah. Love that. Hell Hell yeah. yeah. All right. So uh, we this week are going to be playing Untitled Letterboxd game uh, where I have found three uh half star reviews yeah three half star reviews from different movies uh one of them is john carpenter's award the other two are um not okay so shall we get started absolutely all right so first review uh half star watched october 16th 2022 things that were shitty jump scares a little old lady LL Cool J twice Adam Arkin somehow three times things that were not jump scares but were scary Josh Hartnett's haircut. Things that were neither jump scares nor scary. Blank at any point in this dog shit movie. Okay. Um, review number two. Half star. Watched August 9th, 2022. Sucked so much ass. Ray J and Kim K sex tape direction Jay, style. Kim K sex tape direction style. <laughs> oh my God. Wow. Um, and review number three. Half star watched June 21st, 2016. Wacky. Okay. Okay. I I feel like it's not the first one because if you tell me that Josh Hartnett was in a John Carpenter movie in 2010, I I just don't think I can believe you. I have some guesses. Yeah. Um, The second one makes me think that it's a mostly, if not all, handheld. All right. Carson. Yeah. Here, Corey, I'm going to DM you my answers so you know that I'm not cheating. Okay. Because, Carson, I'm going to let you go, and then I'm going to lay all of my chips down on the table. 
Oh, fuck. Okay, okay. Um, Full transparency, Carson, while you were filling up your water before we started, uh, I told Caroline one of these, I was pretty sure she was, was going to get, but um, I it, it honestly sounded like it was written by you specifically, so I had to. I just kind of had to. All right, Corey. Um, I sent you those. Carson, you go ahead and guess. And I'm, if I'm wrong, then I'm wrong. But I'm going to say that ah, maybe Josh Hartnett was in the ward. I'm going to say the first one is the ward. I'm going to say the second one is paranormal activity. Four. Four, okay. specifically. Four. And I'm going to say the third one is um, Halloween 3 Season of the Witch. Okay. Because we were just talking about that movie. Yeah. Um. Okay, Caroline. Um, I, and Corey, you have the record for reference, but yeah, my guesses are my guesses are the first one is Halloween H two O, the second one is Halloween Resurrection, oh, and the fuck. third review is The Ward. Okay, um, so the Caroline is two for three. Fuck, damn. Is the second one is the second one the taking of Deborah Logan? No. Do you want to hear something okay. crazy? Okay. The, what? the second one is one flew over the cuckoo's nest. What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> The second review. See, this is this is my thing with this game. Is <laughs> people don't know what the fuck is that? Is that people are chaotic and untamed, and they don't follow the laws of science or God? And I'm so sorry. There was no way you were ever gonna get that. I just had. I just no. You it. had to flew over the too. cuckoo's nest. That's a really good bit. It is. It, it is, is about <laughs> a psych ward as well. Yeah. However, um, damn. So oh, that sucks because Halloween Resurrection has a lot of handheld stuff. So you said that. And I'm like, oh, damn. But okay, I'm two for three. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, and you know yeah. what? I knew, I, I knew that it was, uh, I knew that it was H2O because of LL Cool J. <laughs> Yeah, I, LL, LL Cool J and H2O. But I had to think because LL Cool J is in H2O and Busta Rhymes is in Halloween <laughs> Resurrection. And every time I like, I know, I know which one is in which film. I just never remember which name is the right one yeah h2o is it, there's not an h2o and an h2o 20 years later right like those are the same thing <laughs> yes yeah so okay. the film is halloween h2o subtitled 20 years later uh, as i was reading room. through reviews someone wrote something that i, I just wanted to make sure i was yeah. yes so yes um and, but yeah number three uh john carpenter's the ward and just the word of wacky mm. wacky wacky i love it wacky uh god that's I, that sucks. <laughs> Another oh. really great H2O review. Just uh, I was back on the website. Shout out to Josh Hartnett for managing to be the worst thing in a Halloween sequel that ends on a Creed song. <laughs> Amazing. It's really, um, really, really good. All right. Uh, shall we go uh, watch John Carpenter's The Ward? Yes, we shall. We shall. I'm yeah. very excited. Oh, yeah. Fuck yeah. All right. See Fuck you guys yeah. uh, after the break. Oh, oh, that was a lot of you crazy. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't know. I forgot the words. I meant to write it down. As well. I, I, I don't watching. know. I, uh, I, I just finished watching this movie. Like, like, just. Like, within the last 20 minutes, I finished watching this movie. I cannot remember a single full sentence somebody says in it. <laughs> um, hold on. Let me see. I, it's been a couple days for me, but let me see. Oh, no. Um, uh, probably she says what's going on i bet somebody <laughs> somebody, somebody says, says we're getting no no, no. So, somebody definitely says we're getting out of here 
Yes. Kristen yes. says we're getting out of here. Um, what is the guard at the beginning? Does he call him sugar? There's definitely like late. I feel like he didn't. I feel like he calls her baby. And then later in the movie, he let she like references that he called her sugar. I got it. I know a line. I know. The okay. Line. What is it? What is it? Your name is Alice Hudson. <laughs> That's true. That is true. I, I know with 100% certainty that those five, six words are said. Uh, <laughs> all due respect to Jared Harris. There is a moment. Please. There is a moment. It's what's the last thing you remember? And then she says fire. That is, yeah. that is a two line yeah. exchange that I remember. Yes. There you go. All due respect to Jared Harris, truly like having to give the like doctor at the end of Psycho, like exactly. let me tell you what happened in this. Let me explain to you the plot of this movie speech and like doing not a bad job like all due respect to jared harris he really tries no that's actually something that i wrote down that i just feel like um i feel like there is in there is an exact one-to-one correlation with how old an actor in this film is and how good their performance is like it is almost like exactly one to one um (laughs) i believe it i believe it 100 because i feel like and it's something that. that like we can talk about uh, like you know the carpenter of it all because you kind of can't not like yeah, yeah, I yeah. feel like John Carpenter is such like a straightforward filmmaker and like I think that he is somebody who is like he is very 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 particular about constructing things which is like one of the reasons why so many of his movies work so well because like I mean Halloween is like Halloween isn't even a Swiss watch. It's actually a pretty simple like Rube Goldberg machine, but it's a perfectly executed one, you know? And like, it's like a game of mousetrap. Yes, exactly. Like a really premium game of mousetrap. Like one that's like gold plated. Yeah. It just like, it just like, it just like every piece is there and it serves a purpose and each piece works. And I feel like watching this, I can kind of see like, okay, so like, because if you've ever listened to an interview with John Carpenter, the dude is pragmatic as hell. The dude yeah. is practical yeah. as all get out. He's just like, he, he he turns the cameras on and he tells the actors to like do their fucking scenes. And then he says like, okay, we got it. Like the the, the celluloid, uh, the, the lens, the lens focused the light to hit the celluloid and it didn't overexpose. So like, we're good to move we're on. Good. And like, I feel like almost there is an exact like one-to-one correlation with like how old somebody is versus how little sauce they're putting on this script, which then equals how well it finally is inevitably executed. I, I need to say like two things. All right. One, I don't, I, I do think Jared Harris is putting in a remarkable amount of work to try and make any of this make sense. That being said, I agree with that take. I also think that the barrier to entry in terms of quality of performance in this movie is incredibly low. I I do not think that anybody is very good in this movie. No, correct. correct. Um, I just think, go ahead. ahead. Sorry. And I I say this because I I know you two and I know, you know, I I, I know the two people you are and I know the conversation we're going to have, but I I say this more for the audience. Um, uh, Amber Heard is bad in this movie. I do not like her performance. I think she is kind of miscast, and I think that she is not good. That yes. being said, we are not talking about fucking anything that has happened with Amber Heard. In Correct. The last game. We are oh. not. We are not. We are not talking. We're not talking about the fucking pirate. All right. I'll just say it that way. We're not. <laughs> we're not fucking talking about it. No, this is a John Carpenter film. We're not going to talk about anybody who's been in, in an Wes Craven film or no. several Gore Verbinski films. No, we're no, we're not. John Carpenter. We're not talking his about film. Gilbert Grape's freaking brother in this podcast. We're not doing it. We're we are talking, talking about John Carpenter John and his Carpenter's ward. The ward. Not his boy ward. 
who learns to fight crime under his <laughs> under his tutelage. Robin. But his psych ward, which is this film. I feel like the thing I, could before we dive Robin. Full fledged in. Yes. I've never gotten to have this moment on air. So Ooh. I just wanted to, I've never I've never gotten to do that. So I oh, damn. Corey just cracked a cold one. I love it. Well, now I feel the fucking well, now I feel the need to do it. Oh, I didn't That's need to prop do it. comedy. Oh, God damn it. All right, I'll be right back. Give me a second. Go, go. I'm going. Uh, yeah, I, for, I for those of you listening at home, typically we do these like very early Saturday mornings. Typically, uh, very frequently, Carson and I will be like, yep, just got back from yoga, doing the thing. It's Friday night, baby. We're drinking. We're cracking I, up for the cold one. This and next episode are Have You Not Seen After Dark? We already discussed this. I have <laughs> yeah. basically a full drink and I had to for the sake of the bit. Oh, yeah, same. Good. Exactly right. the same. Oh, yeah, there we go. Uh, Listen, I have, I have We're just going to we're going to set this one aside for the next episode we record. We'll just you get to wait there, dear. Um, yeah, okay. So <laughs> So we're talking the ward. Why are we talking talk- about the ward? Why are we talking about the ward? We're talking about the ward because our patron, um, yes. Caitlin Matthews, submitted Caitlin this Matthews, for lovely um, friend. Yes. Uh, ardent supporter of the show. Huge, huge friend of the pod. Um, one of our one of our one of our top our top tier patrons submitted the, this for the top patron. Yes, yes, yes. yes. I was I was Absolutely. going to leave a little bit of a mystique there, oh, but well. yes. Our top, our topest tierist patron submitted this film for us um, to do. So we're talking about it. And I'm stoked because I love talking about John Carpenter. I mean, we've Mm -hmm. spent a lot of time on this podcast talking about Halloween. In two weeks, uh, we're doing a film that is very mildly tangentially related to to John Carpenter. Uh, And so I'm going to be talking about him a lot then, probably. I love talking about John Carpenter. So I'm excited to do this. Yeah. I just bought The Thing on Blu-ray. I might... When we're done, I might watch it. I don't know. It's winter. It's getting cold. Yeah. I really, I will say the thing, that this, the thing that this movie made me want to do the most is just watch Halloween. This one? Yeah. The Ward? Yeah. 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 yeah 100%. I can see that. Yeah. Basically a film where every second I was watching and I was like, man, I wish I was watching Halloween. <laughs> Not since Halloween ends have I seen a film where every second um okay so i'm gonna put my cards on the table i think you've guarded this in my voice i did not like this movie very much i i and all due respect to our lovely patron caitlin matthews and i do enjoy all of your wonderful support over the years and i thank you very kindly for being a part of our podcast that being said i did not like this movie i thought it was bad and I, that's just where i stand i'm just putting I'm no just and that's fine that and that's fine so, there's plenty so my there's opinions plenty are known about. Yes, yes, there's plenty to talk about in films that you don't necessarily like. I agree. Like, I, mean, I agree. I've, I've made you watch films you don't like on this podcast. Yes, before. yes, true, true. And you've made me watch some films that I I didn't love. And yeah. um, I will say I did not love this movie sitting down and watching it. Mm. However, I am infinitely fascinated by it because I think it is such a strange. It is very weird. Like, it's just such a strange artifact because it is directed by, like, quite literally a man who is regarded as the master of horror. Yeah. And it is the master of horror directing a script that is a little not great. Not all the way there. No. There are moments of this film that are... Like there, I, I audibly gasped a couple of times, like a lot of the sequencing, which is kind of what I was talking about earlier with like the construction of the thing. There are several sequences in which the words on the page are probably like they run down the hall and run into a zombie. And like John Carpenter does like does that. And it's incredible. Um, and then there are just other moments where people are talking and words are coming out of people's faces. And I'm not sure why they're doing it like that is kind of my take. 
Um, I agree. I, I think about every 15 minutes or so. The closest the closest thing I could think of, but it's not even quite a one-to-one comparison because I do like this movie more than I like The Ward. But it, it did kind of make me think of Doctor Strange 2. Another movie where I'm like, the Raimi is not lost in this movie. He's not gone. This does not feel anonymous. But the Raimi is so washed out by so much other stuff that it's tough to like feel it sometimes. And much in that way, watching The Ward, about every 15 minutes or so, I would see a shot or part of a sequence or, you know, something would happen where I went, ah! Carpenter, like there it is. There's the like the carpenter minimalism. There's like the carpenter camera work. Like there it is. Um, but a lot of that was kind of surrounded by a lot of gunk that I didn't quite enjoy. Um, yes. And yeah. to use the Doctor Strange comparison, I would say not that this is better or worse necessarily. I think that I think that in Doctor Strange, I think it's a good comparison. I think all of the things in Doctor Strange that drown out the Raimi are mildly annoying to me yeah whereas the stuff in this film that drown out the carpenter is like actively confounding yeah yes yeah 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 i agree i agree and like i don't really know i don't know which one of those i mean you know it's it's what it's what's worse cold mcdonald's or like really bad home-cooked food yeah yeah it's which one of those is worse this is thanksgiving at my grandma's house and like Doctor Strange 2 is, I don't know. It, yeah, is your grandma not a great cook? Because Thanksgiving at your no. grandma's house sounds delightful. No, it's you're gonna need to provide a little bit of context. With that, oh, sure, with sure. It's, it's, uh, hey, Thanksgiving just happened as we're recording this. It was very recently, so this is fresh in my mind. But no, my grandmother is a fantastic woman uh, and a, a truly wonderful person who I enjoy spending time with. And you know, family time at her house is nice. Uh, the meal she cooks on Thanksgiving is, you know, less. It's, it's, you know, it's, there's a lot of love in it, but the product is not, the final product is not really, um, something you really want to put in your no, mouth. No, it's not easy to digest. Um, much like the war. <laughs> okay. okay. Um, yeah. And, and Doc Strange too is like, yeah, cold McDonald's, but like the happy meal toy you get with it is pretty cool. Like you do, it is a good toy. Um, okay. There's. We need to talk about the plot of this movie a little bit. I do want to one other big take regarding the less the performances and more the casting in this movie um, that I was just thinking about the entire time I was watching it. Have you all uh, like y'all have seen the meme? It was like, you know, whatever, nine months or so ago when Dakota Johnson was in that uh, that like um, uh, uh, that period piece movie. And the meme was like and the meme was like, like, that's a face that's seen an iPhone. Yes, that's a face that's seen an iPhone. Every single actor in this movie is is that. It's like yes. every one of these young women, I was looking at them the entire time and I'm like, shut up. You have a Facebook page. Like, don't eat, don't pretend to be in the fifties. Like, yeah. I, and like the costuming's not, there was a couple of costumes where I'm like, motherfucker, you got that at H&M yesterday. And like, I know this came out 10 years ago, but still I was like, oh. Right. Well, that's kind of the thing that I was talking about too. I feel like it goes kind of hand in hand is just like, I feel so much, especially of the young cast in this. Yeah, They're, like, yeah. putting so much sauce on it. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, and, like, I think, I don't know. I, I don't know what it is. It's kind of, like, like, it's a horror film about people in a psych ward. So, like, you know, like, it's scary and moody and, like, creepy. But also, like, it's a Hollywood film. So even though they're supposed to be like teenagers, young adults, they're all like, they all look like supermodels, yeah. but they're dressed like they're, 
they're dressed like they're like 50s teeny boppers, but they are like putting so much sauce on the acting that it feels very corny. Yeah. And it's just like it just it just it it, it doesn't congeal. The, yeah. And I don't know, which is so strange coming from like Carpenter, who like did the ultimate like did the ultimate film like horror film about a teen girl Halloween. Yeah. Yeah. Is and somebody who like really knows how to establish an aesthetic that is not particularly over the top, but is really cohesive. Yes. Um, yeah. I mean, like, just I mean, how I'm looking at the names of the characters now. Zoe, the, the young one. I'm. I was never sure how old that character was supposed to be, and I guess the answer is that it doesn't matter because she was. A, well, right, because the vibe that I got was kind of like, was like, like, hey, she's the same age as all yes, of them, but she has but like, she, she's like developmentally like maybe a little behind. Like, yes, but then by the end of the movie, the way the performance was like. The way the performance was tuned, I was like, no, is this an 18 year old woman who's pretending to be 12? Is this Florence Pugh in Little Women? Like, right, like, like right. it was so off kilter that I, I didn't really know what to think of it. And and and, and and it's weird because it's like it it almost it it's a thing that I kept going back and forth with about the ending is because I was like, oh, my God, these characters are all so one note. They're all so yeah. one note. They're all so yeah. one note. And it's like, it is that thing of like, at the end, when they explain it, I'm like, okay, that explains why they're so one note. Like that is like an, like an objective reality. Like that is a fact yeah. of the universe that like tells me why I experienced what I just experienced. But I don't, I don't feel it and, and it doesn't click into place. You know, I'm like, no. oh, well, the reason why she's like 12 years old is because that was like the part of her brain that compartmentalized her younger experiences. And so that part of her is developmentally like a little bit, like, you know, is a little bit stunted, is a little behind, like whatever you want to call it. I'm not really sure how how I should be phrasing this, but like, you know, it's like, it's like, oh, that's a part of her brain that is like compartmentalized what happens when she's 11. So like that character has like the kind of emotional mental capacity of an 11 year old. And so now I understand why she was acting like that. It doesn't mean I didn't just watch a 24 year old woman pretend. Yeah. Like act like an 11 year old for 75 minutes. Yeah. Is there, can I ask a question? Yeah, go for it. If you found out about what was going on, like if the twist was revealed earlier and we were watching the film unfold through that lens, do you think the one noteness would have bothered you less? I thought about that as Caroline was talking, actually. I don't think like, so, because I think I think it's less that they are playing one note and more that they are so over the top playing an incredibly obvious note because it's like, yo, it's yeah. that thing of just like, I mean, Florence Pugh and Little Women is a really, really, really great yeah. example yeah. because yeah. like you watch Florence Pugh playing Amy at age 11 or 12 when Florence Pugh's like 22 or whatever 23 when they're making this movie it's like Florence Pugh commits to the choice that an 11 year old would be making Mm -hmm. whereas uh the the lady in this is like oh i'm like such a little girl like i i I am 11 look at my pigtails and it's just the way she runs is like truly (laughs) exactly insane and so it's like i I think it might have been helped if there were some moments where amber heard's like oh like what's like what's her deal and then like jared harris is like ah yes like well she she saw something very traumatic when she was young and therefore she like never got over that might help it a little bit to get a little bit of explanation but like i do think that like i don't know i just i just don't feel like there's anything that's revealed with it you know what i mean no it's like you're not there being like why is she 11 
Like, why is this girl mentally 11? Like, oh, so she's mentally 11? Okay. And then you watch her do that for 80 minutes. And then at the end, it's like, oh, by the way, here's why she was mentally 11. It's like, cool. Like, doesn't really matter. This is the thing I think about, and y'all got a text me before we started when I got to the, you know, the twist of the movie. But I, I think fundamentally up to the twist, I was like, okay, you know, every so often I'm seeing some flashes of the old Carpenter flair in this movie. But like, I think the performances are kind of, not fully dialed in. I I think there's some truly, I do think there's some truly awful in-scene editing in this thing to the point where like stuff would happen and I'm like, was that supposed to be funny or was that supposed to be an attempt at like horror because it's just was edited poorly. The fucking, there's that one pan because y'all know what I'm talking about, that one like Star Wars style white, like quick white pan. Yes, 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 yes. bizarre, like it hurt my eyes to watch thing. And like that and all the, like all the soft fades in the middle of scenes where it just slowed everything down. Like I think the in-scene editing in this movie is also just a problem because I think anything that Carpenter does with the camera often just gets kind of washed out by it. Um, But you know, whatever. I was having a kind of whatever middling time of this movie and then the the twist to me was so like artistically offensive that it made me dislike the rest of the movie more because like I, it was it's one of those twists where like yeah caroline i agree it's not as though it really told us anything about this character or about the plot it, it like okay and not every m night Shyamalan movie is is some perfect artifact man has made some horror films but like i think that this movie the way this movie handles its twist essentially like is the way that people who hate m night Shyamalan thinks m night Shyamalan does twists where it's like it's just a twist for the sake of being a twist and making you go oh and like oh right. uh, like and it's one of those like yeah i guess if you really think about it it makes sense but also it kind of kind of just like goes against everything you've seen diegetically in the movie like i don't understand i don't know it just it doesn't play to me i thought it was stupid it annoyed me more than it like made me in- more interested in the plot you know I, and i yeah the twist Killed it. I, I did when I was I was reading the Wikipedia page like before I was watching it just to look at like the production history and stuff. And I looked at it, um like part of like the reception page and one of the critics was like, it rips off its twist from a better movie. And the first 20 minutes, I was like, oh shit, is this gonna be the sixth sense? And then when it was split, I was like, oh fuck, they get a different <laughs> night. Yeah. And then like that I hadn't come out yet at that point, but still I was like, ah no, it was a totally different one. I was wrong. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm sorry to be so like dour on this movie. It sucks. I mean, it is weird. It, it's also like this. This movie does sit very odd in Carpenter's career because this like Ghost of Mars comes out like ten years before this. He's yes, not it is directed. A, it is a ten year gap. Not directed a feature film. He directed like a little bit of TV, but it had not directed a feature film for ten years. The thing just on the Wikipedia page, the fucking the thing he says is like. I read the script and I thought it was good and I just decided to do it. And like, I like the idea that it all has to take place in one set and we can get it done pretty quickly and easily. And I I truly wonder, because I do think that the most offensive thing about this movie is its script. And I, I just wonder what it was about the script that got Carpenter out of a 10 year long retirement. I'm, I'm so curious about that. Yeah. No, yeah. And I mean, to paraphrase the man himself, and uh, this is uh, from an interview that was on, um, and I might have even, I might have even mentioned this up top, but he recently did an interview in, um, in on the Big Picture podcast, the the Ringers, the Ringers podcast. Literally, he was talking about the David Gordon Green Halloween movies. He was yeah. like, 
he was like, those are David's movies and I like them and they're good. And like, I think David is a good filmmaker and like, those are not my movies. Those are his movies. And he's like, and the thing I like about them is every time somebody comes to me, I just, I want to make a Halloween and they give me money. He's like, he's like, <laughs> I get money from that. And he's like, yeah. and I like it. And so like, I mean, to kind of like paraphrase the man himself, I mean, they gave him money. Yeah. I'm like, I wonder if it was just a career move for him because yeah, it, it, it does feel, it feels like whenever Carpenter is beholden to the script, the movie is bad. And whenever yeah. it's just like a, here is a 20 second sequence of like two women running down the hallways of a hospital away from a scary ghost, John shoot, you know, shoot, pace, edit, do what you will with that. All that stuff really rules. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think a lot of the, like, kinetic energy of, like, of the last half hour of this movie actually works. And those are, like, my favorite parts. Like, literally, when she's in the dumbwaiter and there's just, like, the little bit of light shining up in the corner. And, like, you don't even notice it because it's just, like, the ambient lighting of the room. And then the ghost pops up just in that one little bit. I jumped and it was scary. And I was like, that was good. Like, I was, it was that thing of, like... It's that thing of like, she's running down the hallway, she's running away from something and then she gets in the place and she's looking the other way because, you know, because like that's where the threat was coming from. And then she's like, oh, I'm safe. Sigh of relief. Psych. It gets me every time. And it got me in this movie. It, it is, but also immediately after. And this is maybe even just a Well, of course. I mean, of thing. course that was going to yeah. happen, but... Yeah, no, no, I'm saying this is me cinemasensing in terms of another thing that I was kind of annoyed about in this film is like the rules of the ghost don't make any sense. And like, I, I know that that is fundamentally a really stupid thing to say about, a, you know, it's not really even quick. a ghost movie. Corey, it's a, that it's a, has to be the poll quote for an Instagram post. Just quote, the rules of the ghost don't make any make sense. And quote Carson Betts. <laughs> Go on, Carson. I just had to say it. Yeah, but like. I endorse that quote. It's I, I definitely had that thought at times too uh, one it does not the design of this creature does not read ghost to me it reads zombie every time the way it sounds the way it walks the way it moves the way it looks is zombie and like clearly the uh, again and it goes back to the script because this thing needs to needs to fit into the box of this thing is not a ghost it's a representation of uh, the true personality of this woman that was killed by her alternate trauma personalities and so it it can't necessarily exactly read as spooky supernatural ghost but it is very frustrating <laughs> to watch any scene in which the ghost comes in because like it's very selective with like where it can fit and how it moves like the fact that i was like wait it was in the dumb waiter like above her there's nothing above her in the dumb waiter it's a closed box like even it's a ghost like, I know, but it's not a ghost. <laughs> this is this happens early in the it's film. Her the most, it is her drama, but like I don't, I don't know. It maybe if, if it was a more compelling movie about trauma, if it had something to say about trauma, then I probably wouldn't care. But like the scene, and I think again, I think it's maybe just a, a scene-to-scene editing thing. But what's her face? Um, uh, Meryl Streep's daughter. She, she, it, it's when she initially goes to leave and it's like the way the room is set. Cause it's like, you know, this movie takes place in like four rooms. And so we're pretty well aware of like the construction of this like main living room in the ward. And wait, sorry, did you say Meryl Streep's daughter? Did I make yes, that? Yes. Yeah, Grace Gummer. That is, yeah, yeah, oh. is, is, yeah, Meryl Streep's daughter. Um, 
Looks like her, right? And uh, but she it's when she's getting chased by the trauma ghost. And it's that she's walking around the corner of the living room. And then she like hears the ghost behind her and she starts running and running through the door and trying to get away. But like if the ghost was behind her, all the women who are sitting in the living room would have seen it. And like we've established that they can all see the ghost like it's this shared thing that they're going through. And then later when it cuts back to they're all just like, sitting around a thing and she's looking and you know Kristen's looking at a uh map of the of the fucking building trying to figure out how they're gonna get out i was like Yo. and they're like where did emily go i'm like you fucking one you saw her leave two you would have heard her yell about the ghost and it's like yes the the twist technically explains that technically it does but in terms of watching the film in the moment it's the most confusing frustrating bit of business that happens and i yeah i don't know it frustrated yes. that, that was my least favorite moment in the film that like made me stand up outside my couch and be like what the fuck is going on in this yes. movie i don't know what's happening like this makes no sense well, yes. And I think the thing you're talking about is a thing with all good twists is they they rewrite like yeah. everything you've already seen. It doesn't it, it is not merely a crazy, unforeseen explanation. Yeah. And that's yeah. the thing is like, we don't know why any of the 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 girls are in there. And like a more compelling thing is like if they're all just like, do you remember anything before you came here? And it's like, no, I I don't remember anything before coming to the psych ward like i don't i don't remember anything before coming to john carpenter's the ward and um like it's just kind of like you know and there's all like the petty gossip of just like what's she in here for and it's like oh something really mm -hmm. traumatic happened to her when she was 11 and she like never that's why she acts like and a little so, girl and the, so that's why like even though she's like clearly like ugh, like i don't know like 23 like she looks like but that's also another problem of this movie is like other than the one girl who is like a child like in like developmentally like cognitively none of the other ones have any anything like and maybe jared harris yeah. explains what they all are with like a sentence but it's like none of them have distinct personalities they all are playing like very normal There's young girls in the in a hospital one's that like i'm crazy one's like i'm sexy one's like i draw <laughs> And I feel like there's like two other girls that I don't even remember. Right. There's that moment at the end when uh, Amber Heard finds the like uh, file. That's the word file. Yeah. And is going through it. It lists each of the names and then says like blank personality, blank personality. But it's like right. a truly blink and you miss it at the last six minutes of the movie. No, no. And and, and you're right. It's just like, I, I, I think I think you can do a thing where it's like, all right, listener, you've probably seen this movie if you're listening to this episode. The twist of this movie hinges. And like weirdly too, just like a lot of the weird flashbacks that it sets up that I don't love. Um, but like it hinges on sexual violence. So we're yeah. about to talk some sexual violence. So uh, a content warning for that. Um, but like, okay. So if you go through something like horrendously traumatic like that, there are like many, 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 many different ways people cope with them. And, like, if you're going to have these one-note characters, like, have one who is, like, 
hypersexualized because that is a thing that like trauma survivors do. Like a lot of trauma yeah. survivors like will end up becoming hypersexualized. And you know, I'm not a psychologist, so I won't really get into the why of it all. But that is like a coping strategy. One could be very violent and defensive, and just like if anybody touches me, like I punch him in the face. You know, like oh, like she like like don't touch her. Like if you like so much as lay a finger on her when she's not expecting it, like she's gonna deck you in the mouth. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's like, what you want baby Meryl to be. That's what you want. What's her face? Right. And yeah. like, you want this just like, why are all of these like, like, yeah, they're very one note, but it's, they're, they're, they're very, very like strong choices. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and it's just like, and if you have that unifying thing too, like, th- I, I think that's, I think that's another part of the problem is uh, none of these characters feel unified. Like it never feels like they have anything in common. And like, that's the thing is, it's just like, it's just like, you know, like you could have a thing of just like, well, you know, and then and as she, as she grew up, she developed like other, other ways of coping. And that's when the new patients arrive, you know, it's like the whole thing of just like, I was like, oh, and like this happened when she was like really young. And then when she turned like 15 and like actually like, like, you know, like really was going through like true, like early adult adolescence, like, and like sexual feelings started coming up. That's when like the really sexy one came along. And like, and then like there was one day when like a male orderly, like when she was like 17, like a male orderly, like, you know, she was being unruly. So he like grabbed her a little too hard. And so she fought, she fought back and that's when the violent one shows up. You know what I mean? Like there are, there are ways of just like, like, I don't remember anything before here, but like something, like something happened to all of us. And that's why we're all here. Like, yeah. did you grow up in Forks, Washington? Because I grew up in Forks, Washington. I, you know, Forks, it rings a bell, you know, and just like, and just like, there's nothing. It's just like no, no. seven girls live in a psych ward and then one of them dies every 15 minutes and then they find out that they are all the same person. I keep thinking about, just because of the nature of the twist, I think I do keep thinking about M. Night Shyamalan because now I'm just thinking about old. Do you think that John Carpenter's The Ward is like, near the old beach do you think like you if you looked out the windows you could see it <laughs> it makes you old no no no. Um, the old beach is like tropical this is like the pacific yeah, northwest yeah it's, yeah it's like an oregon or whatever yeah um, but like it like in old you know that's one of the things where like the thing that connects all that and i won't spoil old for anyone which hey go watch old it, but it's it, you're right like, it's very tenuous and it's yeah it's very yeah it's super duper tenuous like in, in old like the thing that ends up connecting them all at the end is i honestly think the twist in old is one of the best parts of old because the thing that connects them all is really obvious if you go back and watch the movie and it's very clearly choreographed and it's something that all the characters are trying to constantly figure out but, you know, you just you don't think about it that way, because why would you, given what the actual twist right. is? Right. Um, but like old. that you should watch old. Have you not seen old? You got to watch old. I missed it in theaters and then. Oh, you know, Corey, it rules. it's, it's kind of nonsense, but it's also kind of awesome. I yes, just really agreed. wanted to see it. I just, yeah. I have said this to Caroline a number of times, which is that old is my little brother and I'm the only person that's allowed to make fun of it. But if you do, <laughs> yes. but if someone else does, I would beat them up. Like, yes, no, a hundred percent. Yeah. Um, but like, and I think about like split too. Like, honestly, there's a movie, you know, that movie does not really care about actual psychology or trauma in a way. I mean, I guess it does. I guess trauma is the trauma but it's is pop the, psychology. Is, is, yeah, yeah. Trauma is the blood that fuels the beast. But that one's more 
it's more, I mean, literally a superhero story. It's pop psychology, it's comic books. But like the thing about, the, the most compelling thing about Split is that it truly is just watching James McAvoy do an acting exercise for an hour and 20 minutes. And, he and, kill, like, and he's killing it. And he's killing it. But like, it's because each individual personality is incredibly one wrote but he is fully committing to doing that exact thing to the absolute utmost of his abilities. And yes. that is not the case in any of these people. Like, I think that if you really wanted to like break it down, again, you could like be like, oh yeah, it's it's exactly the thing you're saying, Caroline. Like, oh, one's sexy because that's a, you know, it's a hypersexualized response to trauma. One's kind of artistic and off in her own little world because she's kind of disassociating in the way that people do with trauma. And like, you can read that into this movie. I don't really think the movie does a great job of communicating any of that. And then on right. top of that, like, well, then what the fuck is Kristen? What does she mean? What is Amber Heard in all of this? Is it like her willingness to get out of the ward? That doesn't really make a lot, of, you know, like, why does Kristen grab her at the end? Why? Like, it, I don't know. It just, I, I hate to talk about logic in movies because I do think it makes you sound really cinema sinsy, but there is a certain internal logic that movies that want to be this plotty and this heady need to abide by. You need to establish a logic so that you can work within it. Well, and that's the thing. And I don't think like, that this does that. Is it's like, look, you can either be, you can either be a Swiss watch yeah. or you could be a mood board. Yeah. Like you can be one of the two. But you don't get to be you don't get to be a Swiss watch. And then when it doesn't work, be like, yeah, but like the vibe, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, you yeah. don't get to be a mood board and be like, no, but look, like I put like I put the signifier from the end of Psycho when mm -hmm. when the therapist like gives the speech, like like that's one of the items on our mood board. So like that explains it. It's like it's like you either need to be a purely like like metaphorical emotional artistic expression or you need to be a chris nolan fucking no actually like if you go like it like like five minutes in the real world is an hour in a dream so if you go into three dreams you get six years baby yeah like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah yeah it's like yeah, 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 yeah it's, you, you have to pick a lane I, and you can artistically navigate and switch between multiple lanes and i think many of my favorite movies do just that but like you don't get to be a mood board when you don't want to be a Swiss watch and say you're a Swiss watch when you're relying on a, being a mood board. Yeah. Great movies are either puzzles or dreams. I quote that yes. all the time to people. Yes. And, uh, and now yeah. you have another even better. Smarter <laughs> quote, Caroline is... came up with a better one. Yes. yes Agreed. No. Um, but like, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I, what else about this movie? I like how the one orderly kind of looks like a fat Patrick Wilson. <laughs> oh, I hate that you're right, but you're right. It's, 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 it's midway through. I was like, what does this guy remind me of? And I was like, oh, it's that. And then he turns out to be like a good dude at the end. I don't know. I, yeah, I kind of love that when he comes back in and gives her the bracelet, I was I like... The, I like the performance, but I, I was also, this was, again, post the twist where I was just screaming at my television being like, it doesn't mean anything. Well, and it's the I whole thing about like, you. you know, I yeah. mean, it's the whole thing, like, I don't know if either of you, and there's no need to disclose this because it's not important, but like, I don't know if either of you have ever spent time or have known somebody who is like... <laughs> By the way, just gonna come out and say it, um, Psychiatric hospitals, good, good thing. Yeah, <laughs> Glad we now, not, not maybe in the fifties so much, but nowadays, right, 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 yeah, right. yeah, yeah. But it is just that thing of like you know, I, I, I have 
known many people uh, in in my days. Uh, many people should. I was, you know, I was honestly talking with my mom today. And my mom was literally like, oh, like, so-and-so, 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 so-and-so. Like, nobody close to us, like, you know, had to, like, spend some time in, like, the mental hospital for a while. I'm like, that's great. I'm like, I'm yeah. so, like, are they doing good? Like, did they yeah. get the help they need? Like, that's great. That's grand. But just, like, it is kind of that thing of just, like, it is fucking hell when you're there. And like, okay, fine. Maybe they had a point. <laughs> and so it's like, that's kind of like the vibe with the orderly is it's kind of like, he is a fucking villain. He is here to like, keep me down. And, to, and it's like, okay, maybe he was a nice guy who was looking out for me. And just at the time, I couldn't see that. Maybe it's like, yeah, maybe he brings me the bracelet at the end. Okay, fine. Okay. I have a theory about why this movie is bad. Do you want to hear it? Sure. There's not enough Patrick Wilson, too much Patrick Wilson, not enough Patrick Wilson. Oh, no, that's really good. Um, okay. So this movie comes out first off this movie, um, initial release at TIFF September 13th, 2010 doesn't get wide in the United States until July 8th, 2011, almost a full year between its festival release and its wide release. And is your take that this is the best 4th of July movie of the 21st century? <laughs> no, it is not. One, my take is that is insane. This If you did this movie today, well, they probably would have, honestly, no offense, they probably would have dumped it in January. But like the time to release this movie now is like March if you want it to do really good. So one that's like, that's interesting. You know, 10 years ago, movie politics were different. Oh, Secondly, see, I'm thinking October. Because it's John Carpenter's return for 10 years. It's Halloween. Well, yeah, but I you at least make a bunch of money. Halloween. This, well, yeah. And then this yeah. thing came out on a shoestring. So my my question is like, is there quibbling over the rights post festival? But I don't know. Whatever. Point being, this movie comes out in 2010. You know what comes out in 2009? Um, July of 2009. Hold on. Hold on. July, right? July of 2009? Uh, no, just 2000. I mean, I can look specifically the month. Wait, oh. wait, wait, wait. Um, November 2009. You know what comes out November 2009? Right when they would have been, you know, probably prepping for the initial principal photography of this film. Is it Shutter Island? No. One what? more guess. Uh, okay, oh. okay. Well, one more guess. One more guess. We have a hint. Um, anything to do with the ward? Anything to do with John Carpenter? I mean, I, I, my guess is that it has a lot to do with John Carpenter. Um, I'll just tell you. Oh, oh, Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. No. This is all about trauma. Oh, what? no. Okay, go. What? Olive Duty Modern Warfare 2. What does that have to do with anything? Oh, I, feel like like John John I feel like Carpenter was just so into poning noobs and oh. Call of Duty Modern. I mean, look, that's the best Call of Duty, right? Oh. Um, No, I think the best one is still Modern Warfare 2. That's I mean, sorry, sorry, sorry. Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare. Excuse me. Ah, okay. Wait, but that's think... the one that comes out in 2009. It's Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare, not Modern Warfare 2. No, Modern Warfare 2 comes out November 2009. I don't Modern believe Warfare you. Modern Warfare 2 just come out? Literally. They, they, they started yeah, the they made a new one. It's a oh. new Call of Duty, new no, Modern Warfare No, I don't believe you, Carson. I'm calling you right now that that is Literally Google oh it. Oh my God, you're right. Because you know what Call comes of out? Duty 4 came out in 2007? Yeah. How the fuck old am I? That movie, that game came out pre-Obama. And then Black Ops <laughs> comes out. That is crazy. Yeah, right. And then Black Ops comes out between the movie preparing at TIFF and the movie coming out wide. And my guess, and my thought is like, Carpenter just got really into the zombies mode. He was so like thinking about that design choice. And it's like, well, I don't know. We don't have to get the ward out. We can wait. Every time I disliked this movie, I was like, can John Carpenter, just let John Carpenter smoke weed and play video games. That's all I thought yeah. about anytime I didn't like this movie. It's like just let I disagree. Let I disagree. Hang. I want I want to kidnap John Carpenter <laughs> and give him, like I said at the beginning of his podcast, I think I went up to 150 million and said you have to make two movies. 
two more movies and then you earn your video games for the rest of your life. Can't have your video. You can't eat your dessert until you eat your meat. Hook John. John Carpenter up with the best health insurance on the planet, fully paid for, and that's 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 stipulation. You get 150 John, million dollars. You have to make John two Carpenter. movies. Break down the budget however you want. I don't care. Like I said, you can fucking you can you can make a 20 million dollar movie and a 130 million dollar movie. You can make two 75 million dollar movies. You can make two $10 million movies and pocket the rest. I don't care. $150 million, best health insurance until the day you die. Make me two movies. That's what John Carpenter making more movies is going to get us universal health care. I agree. I, th- I think he could do that good. Um, and John- all I'm saying John- is, and if John Carpenter wants to make two short films that are each one minute long, which is him flipping off the camera saying, fuck you, Caroline, if that's what he wants to make, then fine. <laughs> Then he can spend the $11 it's going to take to upload that to fucking film freeway to submit it to TIFF or whatever. (laughs) And then he can, and then he can have his, uh, the rest of that 150 mil in his pocket. I don't care. Wins wins the, what's the Palm New York shirt film. It fucking wins that this year. Um, John Carpenter, 74 years old. George Miller's 77. Yeah. That motherfucker's making a, a Mad Max right now as we speak. So yeah. like, it can be done. He ain't too Wait, old. Is, is there another Mad Max? Or are you talking about Furiosa? Furiosa. I, I guess it's not a Mad Max. It's a movie in the Mad but Max. But it's a movie in the Mad Max. That universe. was such yeah. a, that sounded like such a semant- annoyingly. No, I, I know. I, I know. Just, I just listened to the blank check on Fury Road. So I'm feeling very Mad Maxy. So you know, not my, favorite oh, episode yeah. of Bla- not my favorite episode of blank check, actually. But, you know, uh, you know, whatever. Is it um, is it just because you're not on it? A little bit. Yes. But that in the Spider-Man 2 episode. But yeah, I agree. Like, I agree. Have you all seen freaking 3,000 Years of Longing yet? No. A, a pox upon both of your houses. That's I will ridiculous. watch it. You two are the reason why that movie stopped. is in theaters. I'm the only one who saw it. I will watch it before the Howies because it will probably so be nominated in several categories on yeah, my Howies. So good. It's going to make it just It came and it went. It came and it went. I did. It was so, they put it. Poor time. That's that's a movie. Truly, they the advertising was bad, and they put it in theaters at a very poor time. But yeah, you know, whatever, whatever, losers. Yeah, the trailer. I don't know how you make it. Whatever. We're gonna watch that movie, and we're gonna talk about it because I don't know how you make a trailer for that movie that accurately describes what it is. Um. All right. The Ward. Do we have anything else to talk about regarding John Carpenter's The Ward? Um. I just want to say, John, and I know you're listening. We love you so much. If you He's, don't, if you don't want to make another movie, you don't have to. I won't make you. Just know if you did, we'd all love to see that. I'd be there opening. Night. We'd all love another. We'd all love another, another, another one from our boy. We love I, you so much. Need a PA I, I, for it. Let us. I want it because I love you, and also because I, I so desperately don't want this to be your final film. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't go out on this, John. Don't go out on this. Well, okay. Let's talk about that for. Let's talk about that for a second. All because right. Because I feel like I feel like so many directors like I just think this movie is so weird because so many directors are like chasing that high, yeah. right? Yeah. It's like it's like they make your you know, you make your fucking I don't know, you, you make your movie when you're 30 and it's a huge hit. And then like you're you, you you churn out garbage for 30 years trying to chase it. And then you take some time off and then you come back and you make something great. It is so weird to me that like he took 10 years off, like he made Ghost of Mars, which wasn't great, which didn't really do well. Yeah. Takes 10 years off, comes back, just puts this out and doesn't follow it up and then for 12 years at least disappears and it's like it's like it, it this feels like this feels like somebody who needs to make another movie now who wants to make another movie now who said oh yeah. that last they didn't like that last one this yeah. feels like the happening 
Yeah, 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 exactly. It feels like th- there is a script. Okay, I will do it. I need to make a film there. And I, I truly do. As I think about it, the thing and, it, it, you know, he says it whenever in the Wikipedia, but like Carpenter is like, oh, I think it's interesting that I can make a, a movie that takes place in one location and we can shoot it in like, you know, whatever, two, three weeks. And like that yeah. feels very Carpenter. That feels very like efficiency of filmmaking we can make the thing quick and dirty and cheap and i don't have to spend a lot of time on it but yeah i mean you're right it's odd it's like he didn't spend 10 years looking for a project that he's he's not george miller he didn't spend you know i mean all of george miller's movies at least all the good ones usually are like he started thinking about it 20 years ago and then he finally got to shoot it you know yeah but like yeah i don't know it's odd it's really odd. Do you think I, I and I I granted I don't know a lot of Carpenter, so I don't know if this is an accurate question, but I wonder if part of the critical reception to this movie is part of the reason that he has no interest in making it. Carpenter wouldn't I mean, I don't know. I guess I don't actually know the guy, but like Right, and none of us do. His personality, anytime I hear John Carpenter talk, would belay to me that he does not give a shit. Like Right. And well, and one thing I will too. say is same thing too, in, in that same in that same interview, um in uh on the big picture, um one of the things he said, which I, I I really respected and I thought was like really, really awesome, is they were specifically talking about the thing. Mm-hmm. And they asked him, they were like, so at the time, like this film kind of got panned, like people didn't really love it, like it didn't get great reviews. Did you let that like stop you? Did you let that defeat you? Like, was that was that like upsetting to you? Did you care? And he was just like. He was like, no, because like I made that movie and I stood by that movie. And like, I know what like, I know that was the movie I wanted to make. And I know that that's how the, the way I wanted to make that movie. And so like, no, I didn't really care that the reviews are bad because like, you know, like when you make a movie and it's not good, you don't say like, oh, they just didn't get it. Or like, oh, that's like, you know, like they're wrong or like, oh, like it's not my fault that they didn't like it because I was supposed to do like I wanted to do X, Y and Z. But like studio told me to do X, Y and Z. He was very frank. I was like, no, like I made that movie. That's a movie I wanted to make. I stand by I stood by that movie that whole time. And like, I didn't care what people thought. And so, like, I hope for him that, like, he feels that same exact way about this movie. Like, I hope he thinks this movie fucking rules because that's all any of us could ever want is to make the art we want to make. And, yeah, like, I, I didn't particularly love this movie, but I hope John Carpenter loves this movie. I hope John Carpenter thinks this movie kicks fucking ass. And, like, yeah. That's, but, yeah, I would, I would know, love for, I would just, I would just, I just fucking love to get another one out of him. History and and if really it doesn't happen, it's fine because he has, he, like, like, Name a more accomplished director. Like, name a director who, like, rules as hard as John Carpenter. Like, I mean, Spielberg. Like, eh. Spielberg. Like, in his own way. I love Spielberg. I fucking yeah. love Spielberg. Spielberg James doesn't Cameron, have I the, love James Cameron. Uh, Makes yeah. fucking bangers. I mean, well, all the guys that I can think of that have that, you know, that kind of history, at least, you know, post-70s, you know, are are the dudes who are still mainstream and are still doing it. Like, it's, it's Spielberg, yeah. it's Cameron, it's Scorsese. Well, and one thing I'll say about all of And also, these like, guys, Carpenter wasn't as... None of his movies were fucking as well-respected in the 70s and 80s as they are now. Like, we all recognize right. that Halloween's a, a, you know, a generation-defining masterpiece. But when it came out, people were like, yeah, cool, gore, love it, you know? Yeah, well, and, and one thing I will say, too, is, like, I think... You know, I I don't really know what exactly this means, but I think it's important and interesting is that like we're like I I like I, I gave the most loaded question of like, oh, who is a more accomplished filmmaker than Carpenter? And it's like, I don't yeah. know, like a lot of people, but yeah, you know, yeah. but like in this in this realm, like okay, like Spielberg, like Cameron, like, you know, um, you Ridley know, Scott. Scorsese, like you can but like but like the thing is is all of these people, and unfortunately, because of the Hollywood studio 
system i'm gonna just say right now they're all men but yeah, like true. whatever um like there is such a clear like identity of like that's a jim cameron movie like yeah. that's a ridley scott movie like that's a george miller movie that's a spielberg movie that's a scorsese movie and like i think the same is true of john carpenter like i think you can point like like john carpenter even when things in this movie pull him away from like what john carpenter is known for like what his like very strong suits are like there are identifiable things in this film that are like no that's a john carpenter movie and i think it's really fucking cool that like none of the directors we are naming and none of the directors we're even interested in talking about in this conversation are like people who and there's nothing wrong with this but like there's no journeyman there there's no no one who just like who chased the high for 30 years and like and then like lost it and petered out and they all sucked it's like no like all these people have very strong artistic voices many of whom's careers have been going for upwards of 50 years i mean fuck i mean we're we're the next year is halloween's 45th anniversary yeah yeah so you know like these guys and you know for the most part the people who get second chances the people who are given the opportunity to make a film that is clearly a this person film are pretty much always men which like no shade to those individuals only shade to the system yeah but, like like those dudes rule i always say yes and you know yeah like, Just like and, and, and they're making movies that are theirs and that's yeah. fucking cool yeah and that's my take you read it here yeah. first, folks that's great caroline i've had two and a half drinks and uh <laughs> i like talking about blockbusters uh have y'all i have two things to say before we end one um you know what's a movie that i have not seen what the fable in i have not seen the fablemans no but also big trouble in little china okay and well remember that and we will put and and that is one of my greatest shames in life that I've not seen that movie yet. We will um, put that on mm-hmm. our list of movies that get the like one eye large, one eye short, uh, one eye small face. Yes, emoji. yes, yes. yes. Uh, two, have you all seen the thing remake? Because I have not. No, I have I've not. not seen the okay. Thing. I want to. Oh, cool. <laughs> I just bought it on Look. Blu-ray. We gotta watch the thing. It's so cool. <laughs> um, it's so scary. Um, okay. But freaking so in the remake, I was hoping you had seen it, Caroline, because uh, like last week, uh, one of the dishwashers at my work, who's a cool guy, we're like, we're like buds, we talk. And uh, he was like, hey, man, I was watching the thing remake last night and I was looking at this guy and I was like, why do I, I feel like I know that guy? And he was like, because it looks exactly like you. And he was like the helicopter driver in the thing. And in like the remake, and I was like, I've I've seen the original. I've never seen the remake. And he goes, oh, he's like, I love the original. That's like one of my favorite movies. The remake's like, you know, you know, like I love it too because it's a remake of one of my favorite movies. And I was like, what's the guy? And he goes, oh, I can't remember, but he's like the helicopter driver. And I really want to know who that is. And now I feel like I need to watch the remake. But I do know that I the know. Se- I do know that the second lead, and I'm pretty sure he's the um the what's his face part is Joel Edgerton. And I have always thought that I look a little bit like a Leon jo- Joel Edgerton. So I'm hoping that's who he's talking about. Maybe, maybe. I'm All I have to say about the Thing remake, and uh, we can leave it here, is, I mean, it's the thing everybody knows about this movie, which is that they they shot the entire thing with practical effects that if you look up the screen tests, if you look up the stuff online, like, look yeah. incredible. And then the studio got cold feet in post-production. And it's like, nobody's going to like this. And they CG'd it? And they CG'd over That's everything. That's so fucking stupid. That's Which so is like, w- the reason I've not watched that film is because I know, I know that like, this is not the film the filmmakers wanted to make. Oh my God. Wait, I also had an idea and it's a conversation we're going to have off mic, but 
you know, we'll see if it goes anywhere. Okay. okay that's great um, podcasting. That's, that's great podcasting. Hey, I have a thing I want to tell you, but I'm not going to tell uh, you on the show where we tell each other actually things. listening to it. Um, no. Okay. All right. Um, I like have an hour on the thing. <laughs> the word, I think sorry, you mean the, the board. board. I have nothing I'm going to go jump off. Uh, no, no, you're fucking not. We have one more podcast to do and we're starting at this level of lightly intoxicated and I'm so excited. Um, we have two more podcasts to do. We have two more? Oh, shit. Uh-oh. Did you not watch? I did not. Fuck. Same. God damn it. All right. Well, I Corey almost said something, but I like definitely damn it. was like, okay, no, he texted. I think, he, I think he's got them all. Corey, we need to do two things, which is one, I need to get better at reading Corey's text together, messages. reading text messages. <laughs> this is the thing I talked to my therapist about literally today. Um, and also, Corey, you do need to comically bleep out the name of the movie that you said so as not to spoil things. Yes, oh, because just, you did that. I was that, just going to cut that out. Yeah. No, no, leave it. No, leave no, it. no, leave it. This is all part of it. This one's. I said it's. How have you not seen After Dark? It's off the rails. Yeah. Also, Corey, you did that like last week, or maybe it was two weeks ago when we talked it about. It was last week. The bleep. Yeah. 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 It's great. It was perfect. It's great. I loved it. It's. 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 it's... <laughs> I was so. I was listening to it when I was raking the leaves the other day, and I was like, "Uh oh, did I accidentally say the real life name of one of my ex girlfriends?" And I was so glad that you bleeped it out. Uh, I was well, typing a text, and then y'all said after the afterwards, "Hey, bleep it out if, it, if it's still there." Perfect. So, so good. So good. Um, so, Corey, if you'd like to tell all the lovely, please. lovely listeners where they can find us on the internet. If you like what you hear, please be sure to like us and subscribe wherever you stream your podcasts. Leaving a review would also really help out the visibility of the show. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, all at Pod. Follow us on Letterboxd. Uh, our individual accounts, Carson is at Fun Movie Zone. Caroline is at CK Cinema, and I am at Corey Reagan. Uh, special thank you to our patrons. If you would like a shout out on the show and bonus content, head over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash pod. Next week, we are getting, oh no, next week's your movie. Me, baby. Yeah, next week. Uh, Carson, what the fuck are we watching next week? Uh, so next week, we are going to uh, make a pivot. Uh, we're gonna, it, it's, it's winter time and I missed it because frankly, this is a Thanksgiving movie and I completely forgot about that until I rewatched it, but it's winter time. It's cold. Mm, burr, chilly. We live in what the What happens in the winter? Uh, uh, snow, cold, ice. <laughs> Where does the ice come from? It doesn't just, it doesn't just appear, Carson. A sky, a cloud. Uh, I'm sorry. It's a storm. That's right. We're going to be watching Ang Lee's The Ice Storm. Excellent. And I think no, because I have not seen Billy Lynn or Gemini Man. I, have I think not other seen than Billy that, Lynn. I think that. Have I you think... seen Taking Woodstock? I have not seen Taking Woodstock. No, I haven't. So I've seen all of like the good Ang Lee movies. Have you seen Ride with the Devil? Okay, so I'm just talking about my talking about okay, my. Character. So okay, this <laughs> will not even come close to confusing my Ang Lee. In like in like but two will, episodes, will... we're gonna we're gonna watch Ride yeah. with the Devil. Okay, um, in like two seasons. Okay, so next week. Uh, Ang Lee's another filmmaker who, you know, the rules. last fee- I, rules, one of my favorite filmmakers of all time, but his last few movies have been a lot to talk about, but we'll talk about it. Um, real quick, Ang Lee is a very good example of what I was trying to talk about earlier, yes, where it's like the yes. word feels like you're, you're fifth in a string of not bangers. Yes, I, I would say that Ang Lee, we'll talk about this next week, but here's a preview. Ang Lee is the most journeyman esque 
like auteur filmmaker of all time because all his movies feel very different, but he's also incredible and he's so good. He's the most empathetic man alive and I love him so much. Yeah, I just want to give the man a hug. I actually, I don't know if I would so rather, I don't know hug. if I would rather give Ang Lee a hug or get a hug from Ang Lee. Yeah. But I think, I think that, I think the, the meeting of, of, of me and him would be very magical. I think it's so appropriate that we're going to stop because we're immediately, hey, part in the curtain, we're immediately going to start talking about this episode right now. And I think it's so appropriate that we're coming that we're in both just a little, a little yeah, just a little buzz to come into this movie. That's the appropriate energy to bring into it. All right. Uh, we love you all. Good night. Good night.